Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. If you're pregnant, are you eating some strange things? Perhaps you're no longer pregnant, but remember cravings you wouldn't eat now. Just how real are pregnancy cravings and do they mean anything? Hannah Darlin is a professor of midwifery at Western Sydney University. She's going to share all she knows about pregnancy cravings. Hi, Hannah. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Good. Did you have any cravings when you were pregnant? I absolutely did. I could not get enough of crunchy nut cornflakes. Oh, really? (laughs) I quite like them now. That's bad, isn't it? Um, Are there particular types of food that are more common for pregnant women to crave? Look, it's really diverse. Um, There are also foods that people don't want to go near and uh, are really put off by, which is quite interesting in itself. But things like sweets, uh, unfortunately, ice cream, you know, sweets, um, Cheese, often women have got an absolute craving to eat um, cheese, um, carbohydrates, and then certain fruits and, and, and vegetables. Um, a lot of the things women do crave, though, such as the carbohydrates and sweets and chocolate and that can, can be problematic because uh, they do make us put on weight and up our blood sugars. But they can also have a very bizarre combination cravings. And they could be, you know, the famous one is pickles and ice cream. But, you know, I've yet to actually meet a woman who did go for pickles and ice cream. But there might be really strange foods put together. And the other thing is it's often not just about the food, it's the texture. So for me, it was crunching out cornflakes. I couldn't get enough of crunching on things. Yeah. People say they really, I mean, it's not food, but I've heard of a lot of women in pregnancy just loving ice. And crunching ice. And there is even some hypothesis that people who've got a little bit low in iron tend to go more for the crunchy um, kind of angle. Um, But yeah, it it is quite diverse. The, The time we worry is if it's excessive eating of sweets and carbohydrates, and that's an issue for blood sugar and and weight but the other thing is sometimes there are these rarely but they are certainly reported is called pica which is where they you crave things like i've even had women eat handfuls of dirt um oh dear on chalk yeah so that that can be problematic because they can actually take in and ingest some things that are not so good for you do we know why they what is that about wanting to eat dirt or chalk well you know i think the human body is very very clever and you know our hormones drive us in that first trimester particularly to um stay away from things can be problematic women often go through off coffee and alcohol and cigarettes and they go even off meat and we think the reason for that is it can breed meat can breed some nasty bacteria so it's probably a protective mechanism but perhaps those very strong cravings for minerals and things may also be deficiencies in in some minerals in the woman um but we there's a lot we don't have answers to when you mentioned pickles i i think it's when you hear someone just all of a sudden craving some weird sort of what is an unusual taste like something bitter or sour or what would you say pickles were sour yeah yeah very tart yes 
Very tart, aren't they? And it's interesting you also say that about sugar because um, when I was pregnant with my son, I could only get over my morn- like morning sickness, which I had, um, by drinking Coca-Cola. Yeah. And at the time I was thinking, this is so bad for me, but it was just, it would just cut through the nausea. So that's a little bit different, obviously, to cravings. When women have morning sickness, uh, we're often treating that through what we eat or drink. I can see Coca-Cola being a problem for the same reasons craving sweet foods are a problem. Is there any science behind why something like that would have helped with nausea? Yes. So we know that, you know, around 80% of women who are pregnant get some kind of nausea and vomiting and or vomiting. And then there's about one to 2% who get very, very serious repetitive vomiting, which we call hyperemesis. And that can be very problematic and they need to have their fluids replaced and, and need more significant drugs for that. But again, we think that hormonal productions in early pregnancy are there to drive us towards eating nutritiously and away from things that can be harmful. There's some really interesting research when they reviewed the the kind of evidence from all over the world around this. They found that there were certain dietary components that were significantly associated with nausea and vomiting. And this was characterized really interestingly by people who had very low cereal consumption. So they were having fewer grains in their diet or had high intake of sugar, fat, um, alcohol and meat. And, And those things seem to make women much more susceptible to nausea and vomiting, whereas a a diet high in grains um, seem to reduce that. So it's, it's also, again, probably nature's way of protecting us, of saying, hey, you're pregnant, you need to kind of watch what you put in your mouth and gearing us towards food that's going to be of benefit. And as I said before, meat, we think the reason why sometimes the smell of meat really puts women off and makes them feel quite sick is that, you know, there's some pretty bad bacteria that can inhabit meat. So it may be a very simple evolutionary response to protect. We also know that having nausea and vomiting, actually the chance of you carrying that baby to term and everything being okay and you're not miscarrying is much higher than if you don't have it. So it is also the fact that your placenta is working well and you're really growing a healthy baby as well. So what is it about a healthy placenta that would make you feel unwell? So the the placenta is producing all sorts of um, hormones. Your body's producing all sorts of hormones. Um, HCG's uh, one that is very rapidly rising in the early pregnancy. Um, There's um, uh, hormones that exist in our body, but they're at higher rates than ever before. The other thing is not just the hormones. Our ability to smell changes, our ability to taste changes, our sensitivity around textures also change. It's almost as though nature puts this mum on high alert to make sure that that baby is protected. So while it's a rough deal for the poor mum, <laughs> it's about reframing this to say, wow, how amazing is my body that it's actually really helping me to know what is good for me to put in my body. Well, speaking of that, I'm sure if someone's listening and they have morning sickness, they're probably going, well, that's all very well and good, but can you tell me what's going to make me feel better? (laughs) And there are things that people tell you to try when you are 
feeling nauseous with morning sickness. And I'm just wondering if I can throw a few of them at you and see what you feel about them. So the first port of call is always either a ginger lolly or some kind of ginger in a drink or something like that. And I know ginger is something that treats people used to treat nausea generally if it's might be seasickness or something like that. Um, is it good? Is it effective for morning sickness? Yes. So look, all of these things work for some or reduce symptoms for some and don't um, impact on others. Ginger can be taken either sliced as a fresh root in tea, and that's a really nice way to digest it. But if your body at the same time is going, oh, ginger, that makes me feel sick, <laughs> there, there are also tablets that um, can help with that. So we have got a little bit of evidence that ginger can be beneficial. It's been used for centuries for nausea and vomiting. Something that definitely helped me was grazing making sure I always had a Vegemite sayo on hand or a carrot stick or something just to keep my tummy full. And the weird thing about that experience was I ended up hating eating. I really just wanted to stop eating, but it was the only way I could kind of keep a lid on the nausea I was feeling. What's that about? Yeah, that's really true. But it also might have been the crunch you were getting from the carrots and you may have not been aware of that so crunchy things definitely make people feel better so that's why we say the you know the old sayo biscuit bland and it puts something in your stomach so your acids aren't working away at nothing in in your tummy so I wonder also if it wasn't the crunchy part of the carrot that was making you feel good too. That's so interesting. And so what is that crunch about? Is that um, you mentioned before that sometimes our bodies are, are craving something and it might have to do with our iron levels. Is it because foods that are high in iron tend to be crunchy? I, I really don't have an answer for you. I mean, we, we find it really fascinating i i know women are more likely to gag and feel nauseated over slimy stuff again maybe things that were slimy historically have been more likely to be off and things that crunch are fresh fruit and vegetables so it it may be nature's way of driving us towards when we were running around on the savannas um towards food that that is safer whereas today of course you can go anywhere and get anything so perhaps it's something left over from that time we, we really don't know the answer so if someone was to come to you now with a bit of morning sickness what kind of advice would you give them I think the first thing is to say it, it's really normal but to say that in a way that gives great sympathy oh my gosh I remember it I mean I, I remember vomiting into the into the vents of my car on my way to work and, <laughs> and coming home and my husband lovingly cleaning out vomit from the vents so I had it with every baby um, and it's about saying, yeah, it's really awful, but it's actually your body telling you that this little baby is burrowing in well and going to stick around. So, you know, the sicker you are, the, the more likely your pregnancy is going to be a successful one. So it's about putting that positive spin on and then making sure that you think about strategies. You know, morning sickness isn't always in the morning. Sometimes it's morning, noon and night sickness or it's night sickness or it's a middle of day sickness. So it's about when is it, what triggers it, understanding how your body reacts. It can be super tired. If you're super tired, it might be worse thinking about the foods that make you feel better, but bearing in mind to be balanced. So the dry biscuit in the morning before you get up can be a really good strategy. 
Vitamin B6 has been shown to also relieve morning sickness and we think it helps the body to, you know, process some of the proteins which may reduce that nausea feeling. There are things like C-bands, which are acupressure points that go on the wrist. Um, you've already mentioned ginger. Some people love peppermint tea. They find that that makes them feel better. It's, it's really a matter of trying what works for you. And the best news is it will go away and you won't be craving bizarre things the rest of your life. Um, and, you know, <laughs> good times are coming. Good times are coming. I love that. And that's definitely a good place to end it with hope and uh, guaranteed that you'll be feeling well soon. Hannah, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. That's Hannah Darlin. She's a professor of midwifery at Western Sydney University. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.